Welcome back to Droolish, Episode 5, Part 3, or probably Episode 7 on the iTunes Store. I'm your host, Joey Montano. No music, just continuing from where we left off. Let's do it. Number 36. The Disastrous Life of Psyche Kate. This is probably the number two or number three funny an- funniest anime that I've watched recently. Came out, I think, around the time, uh, I think, before Hida Matsuri, released in 2016. Uh, it's currently on the Funimation channel. It has a score of an 8.55 and ranked number 85. I didn't know it was that high when I looked it up just now. But the popularity of 357, which means to me, screams that it is a quote unquote very underrated anime. Just looking at those numbers. Highly touted, not that popular, very underrated. I'm just going to read the synopsis because trying to describe the series is just beyond my comprehension right now. To the average person, psychic abilities might seem like a blessing. For Kasuro Psyche, however, this couldn't be farther from the truth. Gifted with a wide assortment of supernatural abilities, ranging from telepathy to x-ray vision, he finds, him, he finds this so-called blessing to be nothing but a curse. All the inconveniences of his power cause certainly pile up. Uh, also, he aims is for an ordinary, hassle-free life where ignorance is bliss. Unfortunately, the life of a psychic is far from quiet. Though Psyche tries to stay out of the spotlight by keeping his powers a secret from his classmates, he ends up inadvertently attracting the attention of many odd characters, such as empty-headed Riki and the delusional Shun Kaido. Forced to deal with the craziness of people around him, Psyche comes to learn that the ordinary life he has been striving for is a lot more difficult to achieve than expected. What I love about this is that generally these episodes are kind of flash, flash between like five minutes, little skits that are pretty funny, and it's not meant to be taken seriously. It actually is a bit of a parody and more of like a beta level type of anime that makes fun of other anime. Um, because this guy is so smart, so all-knowing, he can pretty much read and do everything he wants. You know, he can pr- he can pretty much predict the future, except everything that his classmates do is just completely unpredictable, which puts him in ridiculous, even more ridiculous and hilarious situations. On a, on, it's weird, though, because unlike Psyche, um, I actually don't know most of the other side characters' names. Uh, I just enjoy... Just the anime all in itself left me laughing almost every single minute and the amount of laughs per minute value was astronomically high I mentioned this with Hina Matsuri and it's the same, very similar same, similar thing to the, de- the disastrous life of Psyche is that most of the jokes are able to be translated into the eastern cultures uh, fairly well without losing any of its emphasis which to me is a pretty big thing as a anime that's strictly focused on comedy this hits a lot of the check marks. The reason why I probably don't have it as high as compared to Hino Matsuri is that I got a lot of consistent laughs with uh, the, the disastrous life of Psyche um, pretty much all the time, whereas Hino Matsuri, there were almost as many laughs, but there were, are a lot of other, I don't know, deeper laughs where I pretty much had to gasp for air, which is, which is very rare to actually laugh out loud, uh, especially when you're watching by yourself. Or is that just me? Hmm. I don't know. 
the replayability of the anime. I feel like I could watch it a few times and would still love it. I can't imagine myself not loving it. I don't think I'll be able to watch it again anytime soon. I'm still got so many other anime to catch up. Probably lower on my to rewatch list, but it certainly left a pretty memorable impact for me. Number 37, Naruto Shippuden, which some of you have already have seen, probably to its fullest extent, now that all of the episodes, both dubbed and subbed, are done. So Shippuden follows Naruto, that crazy knucklehead ninja, whatever you want to call him. Uh, after the initial series ends, there's a time skip of two years, which creates its own new series, uh, similar to what Dragon Ball was, the Dragon Ball Z, minus like, no, the, okay, I would say similar in the time skip sense, not in the actual plot and how series goes, but similarly to Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto picks up from, from more of a kid, Naruto, to a more teenage, mature Naruto that has real, more real problems and bigger enemies that he needs to take down. So there is a definite there is a definitive split in my opinion with those series. So that's why I'm separating them. Shippuden is still pretty solid all on its own. However, the pacing of in my opinion the anime was quite slow, especially early on. So what some people don't understand if you're trying to binge watch, binge watch or especially back then when you're trying to watch a series in real time like week over week is that pacing is the biggest thing when you want to, I don't know, try to convey a story or try to keep people interested. The problem with Naruto going into Naruto Shippuden is that Naruto ended on, I believe, an 85-episode filler, which was nearly two years' worth of no new material. Then, when Shippuden came out, a lot of the momentum I initially wanted to have for Shippuden was immediately taken out based on the very slow pacing of the of the, the initial arc that they were trying to get into. I don't want to spoil it, but the uh, I'm actually going to avoid spoiling it. But overall, the growth of a lot of these characters has been hit or miss for uh, for a majority of the series. That being said, the overall action sequences and the arcs that are probably um, from, I could say, beginning of Shippuden all the way through the end, have been fairly consistent in quality. Now, there are certain arcs which people are will arguably say, hey, there's this pain arc, there's there's this, like, Jir- you know, a Jiraiya pain, and then there's, like, the war arc and all these things. Um, everyone kind of has their own favorite, which is, to me, is a good sign of an anime that's done a lot of things right, uh, regardless of how it's been perceived over time. Uh, the problem with the Shippuden, which a lot of people might explain, is that Naruto's true peak happened around, I would say, midway towards the series. Uh, and people who've already watched it can already tell you why they would think that. You know, I don't want to spoil it. So, uh, But overall, Shippuden loved it. I mean, it's mainly a continuation from Naruto, so a lot of what's been stored in the bank for Naruto has been transferred to Shippuden. I was watching this in like more of week over week initially growing up. Uh, they recently released a lot of the episodes on like Viz Media, I believe, and all the subs were on Hulu. So there is a lot to watch and catch up if you if I mean, if you really wanted to. 
cut for me at the time when I watched it and I finished it more recently, I was very, very pleasantly surprised uh, how it ended. And, you know, don't let the other people say, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Like, just watch it. You decide for yourself. I was pretty happy, and I actually thought more of the later episodes was pretty fitting, uh, all things considered. Especially if you're just watching... I mean, if you, you, the whole point of the show is you want to kind of finish where the show was ending. Like, when Shippuden, end, when Shippuden ends, it is a very definitive end to a series. Let's just say that. So, depending on the arcs and how things close up, I thought it was fairly fluid. And it also leads into, like, the next series, which is Boruto which is the next Naruto, which I did not include on this list because I have not watched it. So, for those of you who are interested, the Naruto, Naruto Shippuden combination, I, A+, plus still. And just in case you guys are curious, the Shippuden is, has a score of, it, of an 8.2, which is ranked for 333. Again, still solid score, but popularity-wise, number 19. So again, it has been a beast. It's also more or less one of the big three anime that people often refer to as, like Bleach, Naruto, and I think One Piece. Um, that was kind of like the old or the, the newer school compared to like Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I don't know Yu Yu Hakusho, maybe like something else. I don't know. Moving on, number thirty-eight, Gintama. I'm pretty sure some of you have already were thinking that Gintama would be a lot higher on my list. The unfortunate part on why it has been so low, I guess relatively low, and the number 38 spot is the fact that I just haven't watched the full series. I've watched probably the first 12 episodes in subbed, and I thought it was good. I watched that about 9 years ago. Then I completely forgot about it. Until about two years ago, where it popped up again on my Funimation app. And they had amazing dubs. Unfortunately, the dubs started out in, like, episode 200 and something. Which, you know, if you're trying to start a series from scratch, that would be the key. But what makes Kintama very interesting, and the reason why it's been so high, is that every episode has a genuine sense of comedy that is very representative among humanity instead of instead of a particular culture despite the whole setting of the show being based off of like aliens and people from like Japan and all that stuff so um, if you're not familiar with the background or the show it is a comedy it is probably the best like action comedy period like that's it this action comedy period the I'll read the synopsis here right now the Amato Aliens from outer space have invaded Earth and, take, and have taken over feudal Japan. As a result, the prohibition on swords has been established and the samurai of Japan are treated with disregard, uh, yeah, disregard as a consequence. However, one man, Gintoki Sakata, still possesses the heart of a samurai. Although his love for, of sweets and work as a Yorozua, ah, as a Yorozua, can't speak it, one might not expect it. Accompanying him, is a jack-of-all-trades line of work are Shimpachi Shimura, a boy with glasses and a strong heart, Kagura and her umbrella, and seemingly bottomless stomach, as well as Sadaharu, their oversized pet dog. Of course, these odd jobs are not always simple, as they frequently have run-ins with police, ragtag rebels, assassins, 
often lead into humorous but unfortunate consequences. Who said life as an errand boy was easy? So, Gintama is one of the uniquest animes out there where they occasionally get cancelled, uncancelled, cancelled, uncancelled. They're not afraid to call themselves out on that. They're very funny with their jokes, like the meta level jokes. They, they are very self aware. The show makes fun of itself all the time, and a lot of episodes are more or less episodic, despite the over the overarching feeling that there could be like a legit action sequence that, hey, maybe they might take over again or something serious could happen. They really don't. They stick with mini storylines, like some episodes may focus on one thing, and then uh, it's it still will be used kind of later on. Like it, it all has a unique flow to it, but it's not... It's it's not meant to be taken seriously to an extent. So, because of that, you know, that actually makes it really high. Um, you know, pretty high in general. But I just have not watched it. And it honestly should be. Uh, I really should just watch it. Talking about it out loud, I should. There are, there are other dubbed episodes. I just haven't sat down and watched it. So, that it's very likely if I do this six months from now or a year from now, Gintama might be much higher but for now it sits at number spot 38 and my anime list is inclined to disagree with that assessment with a score of an 8.99 which is good enough for it to be ranked number 15 with a popularity of 100 so it's an awesome anime doesn't seem to be as popular as some you know super hype anime at the moment but I don't know, I would consider this as almost like the Red Hot Chili Peppers of anime. Which to me is like a good thing, because Red Hot Chili Peppers is always good, and you tend to take it for granted at times. Same with this anime. Number 39. Seven Deadly Sins. This is an anime that's currently on Netflix. I don't know how long, but they released the second season, and I watched the first season and a few episodes of the second season so far, and I am a big, big, big fan. I recently watched it last year, the first season, and with the score currently on my anime list at 8.22, it is ranked 310 with a popularity of 42. Synopsis, I'm going to read from here because this anime is a little bit all over the place, and I really did like it, and I'll go more into it, but this does a lot better job. So, In a world similar to the European Middle Ages, the feared yet revered Holy Knights of Britannia use immensely powerful magic to protect the regions of Britannia and its kingdoms. However, a small subset of the knights supposedly betray their homeland and turn their blades against their comrades in an attempt to overthrow the ruler of Leonis. Is it? Yeah, it's Leonis. I'm going to double-check that one. Actually, never mind. Anyway. They were defeated by the Holy Knights, but rumors continue to persist that these legendary knights, called the Seven Deadly Sins, were still alive. Based on the best-selling manga series of the same name, Seven Deadly Sins, this anime follows the adventures of Elizabeth, the third princess of the kingdom, and her search for the de Seven Deadly Sins. With their help, her endeavors to not only take back her kingdom, I can't even speak. <laughs> With her help, she endeavors to not only take back her kingdom from the Holy Knights, but to also seek justice in an unjust world. The things that struck me the most were the character designs for each Seven Deadly Sin. Each one has a, pre has a pretty unique 
uh, backstory. Pretty, I don't know, cool. I don't know why I said cool, but it, it, I mean, it's a pretty cool show overall. The action sequences are fine. And I know I sound pretty generic when I say this, say these things, but I only have like 30 seconds to try to get the point across after I give my little spiels. So, uh, but it is a fun anime. Just a lot of magic, a lot of craziness, but. Um, I probably need to finish the second series and I can talk, speak more of like the plot and what goes on, but for now, good show, check it out. And as we head into the number 40 spot, I want to make sure that we, we set the expectations moving forward. So the top 39 were what I will label as almost guaranteed 10 out of 10s, or at least my personal preference, 10 out of 10s. Now, the ones I would say between 40 and maybe 60 these are the ones that are going to be either 10 out of 10s or have an, or I've watched either enough for me to have a really good idea of where it's going from and, or, or something along those so um, so yeah some of these you might not have heard of some of these you have heard of and if you're wondering why the placement's so hit or miss well I'll kind of explain that but most of it has some, most of it has a lot to do with um, timing or whatnot, but um, but it's still based off of my personal favorites and what I've seen. And like I said, that's how it really should be, because um, we can only recall all of our current information that's actually happened. So that's what I'm doing here. Number forty, Grappler Baki. So I'm only going to be talking about the Netflix version of, ba of Grappler Baki and not the older version, which I believe was made in the '90s or about a decade ago. The Netflix version picks up from where that previous uh, version left off, from what I've heard, and the biggest reasons why I love this show is strictly, it's just a strictly beat-em-up anime. There's nothing more about it. The fighting sequences are some of the most insane fights I've ever seen when it comes to kind of throwing in realism with absurdity with just anime logic and just the amount of pizza strength you know all all these things are just just absurd and equally awesome okay so the protagonist Baki Hanma trains with an intense focus to become strong enough to surpass his father Yujiro the strongest fighter in the world five of the most violent and brutal death row inmates are gathering to face Baki their objective is to taste defeat their unmanned strength and skill has led them to throw bored of life itself. They're kind of like five criminal Saitamas, or five one-punch mans, except they're not. And now they seek out Baki in hopes that he can overwhelm and utterly crush them. In this crisis, other underground martial warriors gather to fight by Baki's side. And it lists a bunch of these names, um, but more or less, it's just... The second season came out, but there were two seasons of just... People just throwing down fights fights and brawls that happen anywhere when it comes to like understanding fighting philosophies and styles uh, you have like the criminals who are more have a philosophy of hey a fight is to win and no matter what you do it's always okay and they stick with that philosophy and then you have like you wouldn't say good guys but other people that have that focus in like more of a trained ring or not not a street fight type thing and they have their own philosophy of saying hey you know fights over when it's XYZ, blah, blah, blah. So, unlike traditional anime where you're expecting, you know, cliche tropes and you, you think someone's down and then when you expect, when you expect a cliche 
the rise up from like a knockout or whatever you know it just I don't know that's just how they do things it's just completely unexpected and just I don't know it's like a kung fu it's like I'm watching a kung fu movie on steroids that's just how I can currently describe it Despite me giving it high ranks in in number 40, mainly just due to, let's be honest, due to personal preference, and I love action, fighting scenes, and uh, just craziness. Those are my types of shows. And this show just dives, this show knows what it's about from the get-go, which if you're able to buy yourself into that mantra, then those types of shows are probably going to be either a love it or hate it type. And in this case, I loved it. With a score of 7.38, and it's currently ranked, get this, 2,171, with the score of 7.38, which I'm assuming, I know it's good, but let's be honest, anything above, anything below a 7 is, eh, 7 to 8 is like, you know, eh, okay, 8 to 9 is pretty darn good, and then anything of 9 to 10, it's like, the closer you get to 10, it's like, it's amazing, so, it is popular, its popularity is about 1,500, standing in at... 1469. Very weird because this was featured on my Netflix. Now, that could just be Netflix saying, hey Joey, maybe you should watch this. And I say, yeah, I do. Click, click, I watch. It knows what I want. What's very interesting to me is I have to, I'm going to quick update this. You're not seeing it, but um, what's interesting to me is if it was something that's featured on Netflix at any given point, this popularity you would think would be a bit higher. Of course, you know, fourteen sixty nine just doesn't seem that seems that seems a little bit too low. But maybe after I input my completedness, maybe the popularity will increase. No, it didn't. I wanted to help it. It didn't want to. It didn't. It didn't want to do that. Anyway, anime, super awesome. Check it out. I know I don't think I've even said anything about what goes on in the anime specifically but it's fun number 41 it's a soul eater no it's really called soul eater that is the 41st anime on my list i really enjoyed soul eater it is i believe i think it's deemed a shonen anime i'm gonna double check this yeah it's shonen action fantasy comedy supernatural the idea behind this, I'll go straight to the synopsis. Death City is home to the famous Death Weapon Meister Academy, a technical academy headed by the Shinigami, the Death Weapon himself. Its mission? To raise death sites for the Shinigami to wield against many evils of their fantasical, ah, fantastical, fantastical world. And I cannot speak. These death sites, however, are not made from physical weapons. Rather, they are born from human hybrids who have the ability to transform their bodies into demon weapons, and only after they consume the souls of 99 even beings and one witch's soul. Soul Eater Evans, a demon scythe who only seems to care about what's cool, aims to become a death scythe with the help of his straight-laced wielder, Anmeister Maka Albarn. The contrasting duo work and study alongside Rhett alongside the hot-headed black star and his carrying weapon, Tsubaki. I'm hoping I said it right, Tsubaki. As well as the Shinigami's own son, Death the Kid, an obsessive-compulsive dual-wielder of, t- twin pi- ah, of twin pistols, Patty and Liz. 
Soul Eater follows these students of Shibusen as they continue to take missions to collect souls and protect the city from the world's threats while working together under the snickering sun to become sounder in mind, body, and soul. It's just pretty much a bunch of kids trying to complete missions to become sites. I think that's pretty much the synopsis. Made it sound like it's super blah, but it's really, 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 really good. Uh, overall, the style, I, I'm going to go straight to the person, my criteria here, because I feel like I'm all over the place. I know I'm getting to a point where I'm getting tired and I need to, I need to uh, meditate, you know, after editing and whatnot. Anyway personal feels how I enjoyed the anime I thought it was just a very solid anime it's a 50 episode series and with a score of an 8.00 on the dot it leaves it ranked 588 a popularity of 29 so it is a pretty hype anime all things considered this doesn't seem to be universally loved among everyone but I thought it was a pretty solid show uh, with only 51 episodes I think that's enough to actually have a good idea of what this anime is about. Again, since this is a shonen-type show, it and it doesn't seem to be completed all the way, or at the very least, for a spring 2008 anime, it seems... I feel like there should have been more to the anime overall. So, it's a great, great show. Loved it. But it just doesn't... I don't know. There's just not enough of me to watch it to say, hey, this is going to be better than where it's currently placed. The, the concept and uniqueness of the story, I found it to be pretty intriguing. Uh, kind of just the idea of you gotta get these souls, you gotta do these missions, and you become XYZ. Uh, I thought that was pretty unique, and the you know fight sequences and the animation was fairly solid now that I think about it. The art style, too, was slightly different than what you would see from like a typical shonen anime. Uh, just even looking at the style of, I don't know, the poses and how most of the characters are portrayed. It's just more, I don't know, it's just more in your face, I suppose, and more bold compared to um, some other anime that, I don't know, I would just say, compare that to like a generic anime. Moving on, I know I'm trying to speed this up and probably it still seems like I'm taking a long time for some of these, but I promise you I'm not. This is just how I talk. Number 42. Zero. It currently sits ranked 188 with a score of 8.37 and is pretty popular at the moment. Its popularity is ranked 26th on my anime list. It was released in spring 2016 and I did watch this on Funimation about 6 to 9 months ago uh, when I heard that the dub came out, which for me, again, is almost pinnacle if I'm going to watch the anime with my wife. Let's be honest, that's... I'd rather watch shows with her than try to run with different shows that she might not like and then I have to find my own time to watch them. I don't know. I don't have time for that. I'd rather be here talking about anime for 10 hours. Obviously. No, seriously, though, I actually do enjoy this. It's uh, it, I use these as practice to help me actually talk. And, you know, anyway, it's pretty tough to actually talk for 10 hours straight. Let's just say. Let's just say that. Anyway. Three zero. There's 25 episodes for this show currently, and it seems to be it's going to seem to be keep going, which is a good thing. The whole synopsis of this is when 
Subaru Natsuki leaves the convenience store. The last thing he expects is to be wrenched from his everyday life and dropped into a fantasy world. Things aren't looking good for the bewildered teenager. However, not long after his arrival, he is attacked by some thugs. Armed with the only bag of groceries and now a useless cell phone, he quickly gets, he is quickly beaten into a pulp. Fortunately, a mysterious beauty named Satella... Satella? No. Forgot the name. Oh, I watched it recently. Anyway. Uh, Satella. In hot pursuit after the one who stole her insignia. Happens upon Subaru and saves him. In order to thank the honest and kind-hearted girl, Subaru offers to help her search. And later that night, he, finds some, he, find, he even finds the whereabouts of which she seeks. Unbeknownst to them, the much darker force stalks the pair from the shadows. And just minutes after locating the insignia, Subaru and Satella are brutally murdered. Yeah, that sounds great, right? However, Subaru immediately reawakens to a familiar scene. Confronted by the same group of thugs, meeting Satella all over again, and insignia deepens as history inexplicably can't even speak. Inex repeats itself. Now, I know this is a more recent anime that I did watch, and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. My anime buddies, my, bud, my buddies that I uh, played like games with, they just talked about this almost week over week when it was out in, in sub form in real time. And when the dub came out, I watched it, and the concept of this guy more or less, he ends up in the fantasy world, and he dies fairly frequently. And it sucks, because... Obviously, these, this is a, even though it's a fantasy world, it's supposed to be his real world too. But he keeps reawakening, repeating the same thing that uh, that just happened. And he might save his, he might save a life at one point, and then he he, he dies somewhere else. And I don't know, it's, it's 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 crazy. The characters of the show, honestly, it's I mean the characters aren't really too memorable. I, I'm not gonna lie, it's more of the action scenes and the I would say the plot itself, along with the with the with the story, are the main driving forces. Uh, I don't think there's anything particular amazing with the animation. The art style is pretty more modern. Everything's just more modern and up to date, but it's not. I wouldn't say there's anything visually or something super awesome from that. Uh, it's just a good, fun. I want to say fun. It's just a good, interesting show uh, that is worth watching. Number forty-three. Megalobox. This is a pretty new anime, uh, fairly new anime, and it was released a year ago in the spring of 2018. It recently became a dub in late or mid uh, 2019, and it does have high ratings with the 8.04, which does rank it uh, 524 overall. Again, it's still pretty solid, and its popularity is number 438 on my anime list. Again, those don't seem like big numbers, but I do have it personally on my number 40. Uh, the biggest reasons why is that this is probably the my, one of my most favorite hype animes of maybe all time currently. Um, I said favorite hype animes. That's not related to actual the anime as a whole. Let's just keep that in mind. But, um, but this anime is 13 episodes long, and it follows... It follows the story of just a guy who goes... I mean, it's just some nobody. He's just a talented fighter that loses on purpose so he can pay the bills and that nothing more. The problem, though, with him is that he is an illegal citizen and he can't actually find, like, real work. 
Hence, there is a big boxing tournament called Megalobox, where all the boxers in the world compete over X amount of time frame. This guy, who will be going, who will go by the moniker Joe, ultimately wants to sign up. The thing is, in this world, boxing is has evolved into using these gears where they're like attached to your arm, and it can enhance the ability of your punches, your speed, power, all of that. So they live in this more mechanical, technical world where that's the standard. Joe and his crew are going to have to find their way to the route to championship to Megalobox, and their ultimate thing uh, is called Megalonia, which is the top four fighters uh, are hand selected after months of fighting and Joe has to prove himself I'm going from nobody to pretty much the top in less than three months in the anime form so in 12 episodes it is just all hype it's all match hype 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 hype. I love it it's a hype train it has a dark gritty feel to it it's a it's a strong underdog story Uh, it's a pure underdog story and that's stuff that really really I love personally it's personal taste, action and sports, and drama. Like it just nails it. I can't. I can't really uh, knock. Any, I can't knock it down for that. It's just awesome. The artistic style. It does feel like it's a bit of like a samurai shampoo, kill a kill kind of like grungy type of feel. Which again, personal preference, baby. I love that. I love the dirtiness, the grittiness, man. The nitty gritty. I probably shouldn't show too much personality at this. I've been noticing that a lot more. That's no good. Okay, I need to slow it down. I know I've been hyping it up the last four hours and 40 minutes. I think it's time to slow it down. Okay. But seriously, this is a pretty good show, Megalobox, 12 episodes. You can get through this very fast. Uh, I don't feel like you're... There are certain shows where 12 episodes might seem like a lot. There's so much going on in the anime, but uh, this anime, it's just perfectly paced. I feel like there might might have been like one episode that was kind of slow, but outside of that, it's just done. This is well done. And it kind of came out of nowhere last year and got a lot of hype for it, and hopefully I can keep bringing the hype train going. There won't be like a second season. It was just a standoff one 12-episode series anime. I might rewatch it again. It does have a strong rewatchability uh, factor to it. I watched it once and subbed, rewatched it and dubbed. Uh, might watch it again if I'm feeling it, which actually might move it up if I rewatch it again. Or maybe when I redo this, it could go a little bit higher. Number 44. Kuruko no Basketball. I said it that way because I just love that show, and I'll give you the top synopsis right here. Dragon Ball Z meets Basketball. Duh. That probably turned half of you away, and the other half of you are probably semi-intrigued. Sports anime are starting to become a thing, hopefully in the States, or they're starting to gain more momentum. Unfortunately, in Kuroko's case, the dub version has not made it to America, and I don't know if they are ever going to do the dub version. However, the subbed version is very enjoyable. They have about, I think, 80 episodes total, or around that, altogether, and the whole idea of the show is based off of, well, it starts off, essentially... After this uh, junior high school basketball team was crowned champion three years in a row, thanks to five amazing players, also known as the Generation of Miracles. What isn't known is that there is actually a sixth guy that no one really talks about. Well, the sixth guy ends up 
you end up following this guy who goes by the name of Toroko, or Koroko, or whatever you want to call him. Starts following his story. Eventually, after this third year, these like three champion, or uh, after this generation of miracles wins, they all go to their different schools, and Kuroko goes to Syrian High. Syrian High just started their basketball team a year prior, and they're looking to recruit more people. Kuroko and this newcomer from America, who happens to be Japanese still, uh, Kagami, end up joining the team. And Kagami is a bit of a badass to start, but he and just like the team have no idea what Kuroko is capable of, and. From there, when they practice and blah blah blah, it turns out Kuroko is like the Pele of freaking David Blaine magic tricks on the NBA court or the basketball court. He has the ability to more or less make himself not noticeable and more or less can hide his presence and can help with passing and driving plays. Uh, it turns out it, it, it was a very underrated ability that no one really paid attention to until at least after the fact. So the story follows a series of them facing off against other schools in which uh, Kuruko used to be, um, or, you know, faced off against people that he used to be teams with, teammates with. And each one of these quote-unquote, I guess, bad guys or generation of miracle folks has a unique ability or trait that is highly toned and catered to them. So they have to figure out, like, what to do every single time. Like, you have a guy who's pretty much Michael Jordan, you have a guy who's pretty much Shaquille O'Neal, you have a guy who is literally st- like Stephen Curry on freaking like AI roids. Like he will literally make every three pointer across the court like 100% of the time, and it's insane. Uh, so it's like, like I said, it sounds absurd, and it's literally just a bunch of high schoolers um, playing basketball. But that's kind of the joy of it, though. It's just supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be anything more than just a ridiculous basketball show that is to, is supposed to be taken a little bit seriously, but not too seriously let's be honest it currently has a score of 8.33 and ranked 220 on my anime list a popularity of 90 which is very surprising for a show that does not have a dub i could be wrong though i'm going to check no 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 no, i'm not wrong i checked they have fan dubs currently but for a show that's strictly subbed only that is quite impressive there are other sports anime that are more modern, and the other two sports anime that I mentioned, maybe not the third one, but uh, Epo and Slam Dunk, were based at least 10 to like 20, 30 years ago. So as a modern sports anime, this Kurokuno Basketball is probably going to be easier for people to, to watch compared to the other ones, strictly due to the fact that the anim- animation is up to date. The visual effects are pristine. The... The creativity, especially on the sports anime moves, like shots and everything else, is uh, very creative. Like, despite how ridiculous it is, uh, when you're in anime world, anything goes, and if you just don't take it seriously, you can enjoy things a lot more. So, Kuroko A plus sports anime, at least for basketball, but um, but again, in the personal feels and all that, like it's I mean, it's it's more or less shonen in basketball. It's just a fun show. It, it's not exactly super deep. Uh, the characters don't really develop outside of like their skill sets, but as people, like maybe they slightly adjust. But uh, it's it you know it's not anything too ridiculous. So I have that at 44, I believe. Yes, 44 at Kuroko Basketball, number 45. Attack on Titan. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I have not caught up with the whole series. It's just that I have been 
thoroughly enjoying what I've seen so far in, I believe, the first two seasons. And I think both seasons are about 25 episodes. Still, it has been, still, in my opinion, very well done. I ranked it very high, despite it not being all the way complete. So that does say, you know, it's pretty good. Now, in my anime list, it has a score of an uh, 8.48, which, which ranks it for about in the top 120 at 117. What surprises me is the popularity of this anime is the most second most popular anime, according to my anime list, which I honestly did not believe that, uh, but hey, I'm moving around. This is a very, very hyped anime. Uh, completely, I was not expecting it to be that popular, uh, at least within like, I, I just didn't know it was that mainstream, so uh, I guess you learn something new every day. Now, what I liked about uh, Attack on Titan is the initial first episode immediately got me hooked. Uh, it, the show itself is gory. I will admit, it is a very grim, dark, like, you know, crap gets real very fast in this show. And when I mean very fast, I mean, yeah, this show is starts out just beyond, there's just insane amount of hype just going in and you just dive right into the world I, I can't I don't want to go too much into it but I'll, I'll offer a synopsis for those who aren't sure of Attack on Titan uh, it's more or less centuries ago mankind was slaughtered near to near extinction by monstrous humanoid creatures called titans forcing humans to hide in fear behind enormous uh, concrete walls what makes these giants truly terrifying is that their taste of human flesh is not born out of hunger, but what, a, what appears to be out of pleasure. To ensure their survival, the remnants of humanity began living in these defensive barriers, resulting in 100 years without a single titan encounter. However, the fragile calm is soon shattered when a colossal titan manages to breach the supposedly impregnable outer wall, reuniting the fight for survival against the mad-eating ambitions. So I'll stop right there with the synopsis. It's more or less the story picks off when these titans just wreck, wreck, wreck crap. They just wreck faces. And the whole anime itself follows the life of three three people, uh, mainly Aaron, Aaron uh, and how he is, he's on a personal vendetta just to end the titans. It's him versus them. Um, although it, it really is him and his team, and it goes through like the whole... Uh, system of like how these uh, defenders and fighters and I think they're called uh, yeah, by listening into these survey corps it's an elite military that combats the merciless humanoids humano outside of the protection of the walls and it's more or less most of these guys are more or less going on suicide missions they're doing their best to fight for humanity and despite the hundred years that they had of peace a lot of these people are still very new and fresh to the idea of like war and fight, fighting a battle so it is a pretty dark and fairly deep show with a lot of twists. It's more of a thriller. I want to say it's a bit of a thriller, um, military action, mystery type uh, uh, show. It has been deemed shonen, according to my anime list, which I guess it could be, but it doesn't really feel like that. It just feels like a very grim story. It's just a grim story, so if you're not about the grimness or more about the, you know, you're not about that, I would certainly skip it. But for me... I enjoyed it. The personal feels, and you know, when I, when, when I normally talk about uh, when I watched it at the time, I was just immediately hooked. I just haven't. Let me simply put, character development, like 
you know, the interactions, the animation is insanely top tier. It's, I mean, it's just, I, I put 10 out of 10 across the board. Again, my only knock is my personal knock, which is I just haven't completed the series, so I can't give it a full assessment, and I can't rank it higher until I've actually caught up. Uh, so, that's, this, this is one that is currently in my watch list, and down the road, maybe next year, or next time I do this, this will be a more than likely a much higher rated anime, and it's, and I don't know, I'm just very interested to see how this plays out. The show plays out. Number 46. Black Clover. Now, I know some of you are, some of you are very surprised I actually have this anime this high, especially for a shonen that is not complete. Well, I'll, I'm about to drop some truth bombs on, at least a little bit, about me and what I think about anime in general. Is you need to have a certain mind frame when you start start a show, and a lot of the flack on the initial Black Clover show was primarily based off of the sub and mainly Asta, which is the protagonist. How he was incredibly annoying, and admittedly, the earlier episodes aren't aren't particular. I mean, the earlier episodes kind of just feel like it just drags on a little bit. While there are still things that go on, it's it's a uh, it's it, it starts off with like a little bit defunct. Uh, I mean, the action sequences are still pretty good. It's enough to get people hooked, but there are a lot of things early on that people... I can see why they would be turned off. That said, as someone who is a dubbed watcher, um, at least watches this anime with his wife, uh, ends up taking things for what they're worth, and I don't try to take these anime too seriously. Uh, and when you take off those serious goggles and realize this is actually a shonen. you'll start to realize, yes, that despite yeah, a few episodes, it does take a while for it to start going, but I would have to say the last year, and these episodes come out weekly on Funimation, the last year, the last 50 episodes, from episode 30 to 50 or whatever, ha- I don't know, it has been just gold for me. Like, I love the fights, I love the stories, the interactions between uh, the rivals, Asta and uh, I... Not Yami, that's the, co- that's the uh, captain. Um, Asta and Yuno. Uh, and the interactions between like the Wizard King and all that, Like they know what they are. They know they're a shonen anime that's, that they're not supposed to be taken seriously, and all their characters turn out to be like misfit, ridiculous, awesome guys. It's a whole cast of unique characters that honestly is probably the biggest positive point that I can say with the series at the moment. And I'm not talking about the fights and the action sequences because they are legit. Like, it's there. Like, the storytelling of the fights and the battle psychology behind it, it's all there. And it has been there for a long time. So I guess this is kind of a mini rant because the score on Anime List is a 7.07, which ranks it. (laughs) This is the worst rank um, on my Anime List by far. Ranked number 3,469, and it's only 193 in popularity. Again, this was probably the most hyped manga going into anime form, and probably the early earlier episodes easily destroyed, like, some of the momentum it had, from what I've heard and seen. Uh, luckily, I try to not let the outside voices and opinions sway me from the show, but it does help me understand the reviews and understand why like certain parts of the anime aren't as great and there are a lot of better reviewers uh, than I am that can actually detail certain things that they don't like over like a 12 minute span versus me rambling for about 3 minutes uh, so aside from that if you are someone who gave up on Black Clover I 
strongly urge you to consider reconsider because uh, this is like I said it's at this point a dark horse anime that people are sleeping on uh, despite it having semi hype uh, I think more of the anime elitists are wrong in this one dude you guys I just I'm just saying just just take off those lens and just have fun that's all Jeez, it's not that hard guys number 47 Elfin Lied. I don't think many people have heard of this anime, but when I'm looking at anime list, its popularity is number 21. Very, very confusing for me, considering that uh, I ranked it pretty high, mainly because this is one of the this is one of the animes that I initially watched on Netflix when I started watching anime again. And I would say this was an anime that completely threw me for a loop, especially at the time when I watched it. I was used to watching more of like the shonen anime and the anime you really don't think too much about, like the old school, like Cowboy Bebop, Trigun, and Netflix just had this show on. My wife and I figured, yeah, let's check it out. The first scene of Elven Line very, admittedly, threw me for a loop. Very gruesome. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that now, in case you haven't watched it. However. The story, unlike Attack on Titan, is uh, you're, you're, it follows essentially uh, this lady called Lucy, and she's a special breed of a human, op often referred to as a Diclonius, uh, Diclonius, those things. Uh, born with a short pair of horns and invisible telekinetic hands that that lands her as a victim of inhumane scientific experimentation by the government. However. Once circumstances present her an opportunity to escape, Lucy, corrupted by the confinement and torture, unleashes a torrent of bloodshed as she escapes from her captors. During her breakout, she receives a crippling head injury that leaves her with a split personality. Someone with the mentality of a harmless child possessing limited speech capability, in this state of instability, she stumbles upon two college students, Hoda and his cousin, Yuka, who unknowingly take an injured fugitive into their care, unaware of her murderous tendencies. This act of kindness will change their lives as they will soon find, the, find themselves dragged into a shadowy world of government secrecy and conspiracy. This is a very interesting, like, mystery, horror, psych yeah, psychological, drama, supernatural romance. It is a very unique blend of storytelling, I would say. And... It has a score of 7.71, which ranks it for 1117 on my anime list, with about 13 episodes. It is a fairly quick show, uh, but each show, it's not a very action-oriented anime. It's a very, it's, it's very well-crafted anime that, uh, at least to me, the story made a lot of sense to an extent. Uh, there were a lot of interesting plot points I don't want to point out, and when you watch it, you'll kind of raise an eyebrow on some things, but... Uh, the overall storytelling of who she is and kind of the past of Dakota and how everything else plays, I found that to be pretty interesting, and it really did strike me as a pretty me uh, a, a pretty memorable anime when I watched it back then, and, and that's why it deserves the 47 spot. Number 48, Assassination Classroom. This is a very cool anime, which I really can't explain anything else except it's just cool. It's based off of a series of delinquent kids that get sent to, I think, the D class or like the F class, which 
to take a step back is part of a greater system that the school has, which bases which base students on their academic rank, and it's more of a cl- more of a cast like class type society where the best students get the A class, the most funding, and if you perform worse, and B class gets lesser facilities, and then the D class gets pretty much the remainers, and the whole A, B, and C students pretty much crap on the D students. So it's a it's a damning environment to where traditionally if you're a D student you're set up to fail and it follows the story of a classroom of all cool unique nerdy individual teenagers that that you learn more about themselves and and their history about like why why they ended up in the classroom and it turns out most of the time it's either has nothing to do with them but it's their settings and their mindset that the outside influences has, has forced them into the situation now the unique twist of the show is that the D class, uh, their teacher is pretty much an omnipotent, like badass being that is more of like a squid type yellow guy who was a former assassin. And it goes through the story of like why he became a teacher, but more or less, he's the teacher, and the goal of the classroom is that they need to kill him uh, before the end of the semester or the world gets destroyed. Sounds ridiculous, but. That's the whole premise, and the, what makes the show great is that, despite the you know the animation's legit top tier in or the art style, it's like it's really current, and the the growth of these students and how they interact and how each student kind of discovers themselves in a sense of, hey, like I can do this, or maybe I can achieve X Y Z if I put in the work. Uh, the whole show is focused on instilling these positive values for the D students to where they no longer need to be uh, worried or they have to stop feeling like they, ha- they have to be someone else because a C-class student or a D-class student uh, thinks X, Y, Z, you know, they thinks that they're terrible. So, they, you know, they all learn how to become very self-confident, very aware, and very capable beings uh, despite being, you know, pushed against that, you know, against the quarter and, have, and society has given up on them. I found that show to be very awesome. It does have a lot of personal feelings, don't get me wrong. It is a mix of a action, anime, slice of life type show, and it mentions too it's an action comedy school show. So that's probably more, more of an accurate assessment. I just thought this was a pretty fun anime. It had its tones of hilarity, and it's had its tones of tear-shedding moments. Not that I would cry, but come on. You can imagine what parts that they're trying to evoke emotion, and it does it pretty well. I don't have any real complaints about the show. It, I feel that there are, I think, three seasons, about 70 episodes, if I'm not mistaken. And the, it says the first season, I think, is 22 episodes. It's either two or three uh, seasons, but I, again, thoroughly enjoyed the anime, and there aren't really any complaints. It's just solid good, but it just never, uh, it wasn't like the world-class best, you know, show ever. It's just solid. And, and honestly, it's probably an anime I would recommend anyone uh, would watch. It's not super gory, it's fun, it's entertaining, it's harmless. Uh, check it out. With, I think, 75 episodes total, and a score of an 8.21 on my anime list, letting it, letting it be ranked number 54 in popularity with a what, 332, 322 rank in the actual score. So, 
again, I think it's across the board, just a happy, fun, cool, not super happy all the time anime that has a decent amount of slice of life, and I feel like a lot of us can probably relate to one or two, or maybe all of the characters at some point in our lives. Now, before I hop into number 49, I want to thank you guys for sticking with me for five hours. We are halfway done. Now, a little pro tip, I did start this list about a week ago, and I've been trying to update these uh, podcasts in chunks, like hour, two hour long uh, chunks, because it is tough. And you might have noticed already at certain points, it does get a little bit zany. And certain parts of the podcast, I actually sound like I am a regular human being. Uh, that's part of the nature, and it's something that I am working on. But I wanted to sneak in that little personal tidbit, not that I haven't got personal information, you know, TMI, all that stuff throughout the podcast anyway. But if you're like me and who's just listening, probably for some background noise or maybe just to hear a voice to stop you from overthinking and to get your mind wandering off, you know, you really shouldn't be thinking too much about this podcast anyway. So, uh, you know, again, thank you for watching. I know I've actually been getting a little bit more traction on my downloads from like the podcast uh, hosting provider, I think Firecast that I use. So, uh, yeah, I was not really expecting this to gain a little bit of headway, so I do, I really am trying to uh, provide, uh, or try to improve the show after each episode. Not that uh, every episode's going to be 10 hours long, this is just more of a big culmination of something that I really wanted to focus on. I do think my other episodes will probably still be between one and two hours long, because I can do those in spurts, whereas this took, uh, admittedly, a lot longer than I wanted to, to set up the list, to put it all online, to to do the ranking and to come with, with my criteria and to think of like the rule set and all that, that, that does take time because I do want to make sure I am able to convey you know, what is going on, like why I'm doing these ranks versus just saying this is a quote-unquote objective list, which it's an end-all be-all, which is just not really representative of life. It's only representative of what you are currently thinking at that moment. So we get more information information changes, and so should our opinions or logic. Um, no, we need to do it like that. Now, now that I'm done interrupting the midpoint of the podcast, let's return to the list number 49. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. This is an anime that is currently incomplete, and I am currently watching, albeit slowly. Now, I have heard so much hype about this anime for so long, and it's been, a, I mean, the, the anime came out, I'm going to pull this up, uh, my anime list, this anime was released in the fall of 2012, released a newer version, and currently, I'm not going to go into like the series and types, I'm, I'm saying JoJo's as a whole, it's, it's feasible, and I would, and I would probably argue with you too, and not even agree to an extent but for the sake of the list um would agree that each season has their own uh it's pretty much their own show it is different enough to technically quantify it but as a series as a whole it does follow a same storyline that is tangibly related uh so i'm just this I, this is probably a 50 50 but I, like i said i'm making this all one series uh, i think it's a lot better for me to actually count the series as a whole as long as there aren't any dramatic changes. And this JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, um, again, it's still debatable on the 
on the on on that. At the moment, uh, it's currently ranked uh, at 199 for the score of 8.36, with a popularity of 121. Now, the anime community and and influencers and uh, people on YouTube will probably make you think that it should be more hype, and they are right to an extent. I think a lot of people love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because it lives into that mantra. I'm only going to talk about the first two parts because I'm still in the middle of the third, and there are a few more um, parts to it, and I just want to do... I just want to try to do this as, as concise as I can. So part one, honestly, personally, I... That almost actually almost turned me off into the series. Part one is just more. It feels like it's more of a yeah, it's a bizarro type of show, which you kind of feel like that some things are ridiculous. But for the character development and the hero protagonist at the time, uh, I think it was uh, yeah, uh, George Joestar. Uh, essentially, he is a boring guy. Uh, it's just generic, you know, boring copy protagonist. You do bad things to him, you know, he always thinks things are good, people are good, which is more or less the driving point of most of these plot devices in the first eight episodes. Now, the biggest reasons why, I, like, I would honestly would have put JoJo's on my bottom, my probably bottom 20. Like, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have put it, put, put not, it would have not put it in the good category on those first, like, half seasons, the first eight episodes or nine episodes as well. The amazing, redeeming quality lies in the second part, I believe, in the first season. I think it's called, like, Battle Tendency, where the where they pretty much scrapped the main hero. He, I don't want to spoil it, but he's gone, okay? And his, grand, you know, his grandson, it follows his story. Uh, and I believe it is Joseph Joestar, which is, he immediately, within the first episode, became my number one anime hero. And he continues throughout that series to just be awesome. He is a knucklehead. He is a very, very smart guy that knows how to mess with his opponents. He is all about psychological warfare, and he knows when he's not strong enough, he runs away. He's all about survival. He's all about results and winning. And along with his little bit pompous and overconfident attitude, he does like spew out a significant amount of one-liners and he's a very animated individual he's a very love it or hate it kind of guy and he just happened to be a love it kind of character and he and the crew around it too uh that that was in that second half uh easily just shot put this anime to uh like top good like immediate like awesome category or pretty good category from what i've seen I can't talk about the latest seasons because I haven't been complete, and I might need to rewatch it again because I don't think I've been paying too much attention to it, and personally, I have not been a big fan of it, but it could be because I'm not uh, paying attention. So uh, there are some cool parts to it. I'm not going to dive too more into like their battle systems, but the show is beautifully done in a sense of they know their animation quality early on. It's not that great, so they make up for it with striking visuals and very animated-type characters. So, uh, the show, there's always stuff going on, and for the feel and the style of the show, you can tell that was what they were going for, and it does it pretty, pretty, pretty solidly. Uh, I don't want to, like I said, dive too much into the show specifically, but it is just absurd, the show. Uh, it would technically be defined as, let's see here, action, adventure, supernatural, shonen, vampire. 
Uh, I think the episodes do are, are released uh, occasionally, like a few whatever like years. They have new uh, new episodes, but that it's recently it's all dubbed. I think it's all dubbed. Uh, you can go on like I don't want to say torrents, but like go on Adult Swim. Who you can you can check it out now. Also, I will call out that the last ending or like the ending song Roundabout. Oh my god, I'm so glad I discovered that song. From uh, yes, it's like my personal favorite. The soundtrack is A plus, so I recommend it. You could probably skip the first eight episodes, but if you want to actually be part of this part of the whole story, you might need to watch it. But I don't know. That's just my personal preference. Number five zero. Now this one's a tongue tongue twister. The melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. The melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. I think I said that. Yeah! That's soft claps, I know. you're sleeping soft claps. I'm sorry. But the this anime was an anime that kind of, I think I discovered in my, I guess, quote-unquote, no anime watching phase, which was kind of weird. Uh, I think between, like, 20, 2009 and, like, 2011, I probably only watched, like, two anime. Uh, just doing my poker life and all that. Pre- you know, previous life stuff. And this anime caught my attention. Uh, I read it on a forum. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Gangfax forums. The old gamer and he used to hang out on those on the back streets of the uh, inter- of, of the gaming forums that weren't based off of upvotes, but rather time sensitive uh, time time threads, I guess. So uh, I ended up watching that anime, and I was pretty pleasantly surprised. Uh, I thought it was it was good. What I did not do, which I kind of recommend you probably do is just watch the series in order like in the actual order of the show release because what they were going for was a bit of like a Bacano type effect uh, where certain parts of an episode or certain episodes itself might be set in a different time period and over time all the pieces come together I did not do that since all these episodes were supposed to be played randomly I just watched it in order which made it a pretty decent show, um, but it's kind of like watching Pulp Fiction uh, without all the, you know, switching the scenes. It would probably just look like a regular movie. So uh, that's kind of what I my initial thoughts in regards to that anime. The characters, I think it follows like three or four people, and it mainly is centered around the hurry part where she's just like, I'm bored, I just want to imagine all these things, like elves and all these things, all these ridiculous uh things that ultimately I believe, uh, I've only watched the first season um, kind of end up turning into real, uh, turn to reality well, in the anime world, of course um, just strictly on the fact that she like she's like God or something maybe not like that, but I'm obviously exaggerating so uh, I found that anime to be pretty decent and I guess I'll just throw the synopsis too in case you're unsure about it, it was released in 2006 so it is a little bit older anime but uh, even looking at some of the replays and the video clips the animation is still very good the art quality is semi-dated but still very good and uh, essentially the backstory is uh, Keon Keon your typical high school student has long given up his belief in the supernatural however Upon meeting Hohari, he quickly finds out that he is the supernatural, or that she is the supernatural that she is interested in. 
aliens, time travel travelers, and espers, among other things. When Ahuri laments about the lack of intriguing clubs, intriguing clubs around school, Tion inspires Ahuri to form her own club. As a result, the SOS Brigade is formed, a club which specializes in all that is supernatural. Much to this change, Kiran, along with his, along with the silent bookworm Yuki, the shy and timid Mikuru, and the perpetually smiling Itsuki, are recruited as members. The story follows the crazy adventures that these four endure under their whimsical leader Haguri. The story is based on the light novels of Aguru Tanigawa. Now I'm going to take a step right there, and I was very impressed with myself saying that without really word flubbing. So subtle, subtle right? Anyway, the score offered by or given by my anime list was 7.96, popularity of 79. I didn't know it was that popular. Uh, and with a rank of 622, of course, with the score, uh, it seems to be. I, I think this would probably qualify as a show as a pretty solid show that you can enjoy. I think if you're younger, I mean, if you're more in your early 20s and you're kind of thinking about life and you kind of know, just kind of thinking more of like a slice of life slash, I would say, than a parody school comedy type show, this would probably hit the spot. It probably is not for everyone, I will admit. But I think a general population of, of anime fans that have been watching anime that are looking for a show would like it. If you're someone that's new, it is 14 episodes, so it's not too crazy. If you're new, I would say this probably isn't like a beginner anime, which I have zero clout to even say that. I'm just only speaking for myself. That's it. I think 80% of you would like it. Definitely check it out. Number 51, Madoka Magica. I'm going to call it like that because the official name is Purila Magi Madoka Magica. I'm sticking with Madoka Magica for short, for obvious reasons. So, it comes in with a score of an 8.43, ranked as number 143rd, with as being the 56th most popular anime, according to my anime list, of course. There are only 12 episodes, and if I, if I can recall, there might be a movie, but I'm only reviewing the anime series, TV series here. It starts with uh, Madoka, Hiname, and Sayaka Miki are regular middle school girls regular lives. But all that changes when they encounter Kuege, a cat-like magical familiar, and Homura Akime, a new transfer student. Kyuubi offers them a prop- proposition. He will grant any one of their wishes in exchange they will become a magical girl, gaining enough power to, f- to fulfill their dreams. However, Homura Akimi, a magical girl herself, urges them not to accept the offer, stating that everything is not what it seems. A story of hope, despair, and friendship. Madoka Magica deals with the difficulties of being a magical girl and the price one has to pay to make one dream come true. A lot of people like this anime for their own different reasons and the reason why some people are pretty intrigued with this anime is that it's show itself uh, how it's initially presented and how it's been marketed apparently is nothing like the show that ends up that it ends up becoming and my anime list categorizes this as a psychological drama magic thriller 
again, when I, I told you the background, it seems like it's a story of four girls doing magical stories, and with, a, <laughs> with those types of genres itself, you can tell things get pretty heavy pretty fast. The reason why I have it ranked kind of in the middle of the pack in the 50 spot is that, personally, I just do not... I thought it was a pretty solid anime, well-written, it was 12 episodes. The characters... Uh, I don't know, the, I mean, the characters and the story itself I enjoyed, but it never really struck a chord with me. A lot of people were pretty sad with the ending. I actually thought the ending was pretty happy, uh, all things considered, and it made sense to me. And I, I, I don't know, I, it was fairly, I mean, like I said, it was sad, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It was a kind of a sadder ending, but I enjoyed it. Not like the sadness, but I enjoyed how, like, how the ending became to be, to say. And usually endings are, I usually add a couple points or take away a couple points based off the ending, because uh, that's more of like the aftertaste after you know enjoying a good series. You know, if I'm drinking a Sprite, just like imagine me opening Sprite and taking a sip. That's like me watching the first series, first season of Game of Thrones, and then as I'm taking that first gulp and drinking most of it, my thirst is being quenched. You know, with the seasons two through two through six, and then I'm trying to finish like the bottom end and clearing out the you know empty the spray that's probably going to be like season seven and eight where i'm kind of sick of it and hate myself that's kind of how i think i don't know if that even makes sense moving on number 52 the ron high school post club i hope i said that right i've watched this series one time about like six or seven years ago it was released in 2006 and that would be, that would leave me about, yeah, it would have been about seven years after the release date that I watched it. So I'm going to put that in that lens when I talk more about the show, because the show animation and the art quality itself is, feels like it's a little bit dated, and if I can recall, the animation itself was actually pretty good, but the art style I was not a particular uh, big fan of. But I digress. The score comes in at pretty solid 8.31, which ranks it in the top 250, honing in at the spot of 228. It is a top 100 popularity anime-wise uh, at ranked 82, and with 26 episodes, it does a pretty good job of, you know, engaging and doing, uh, I don't know, I can't even think anymore. <laughs> I was actually on a roll. Um, yeah, no, they do a pretty good job of more storytelling, and, and the type of show this is, just for your information, it is a mix of comedy, romance, and I don't know what Sujo is, I'm not that, I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm a terrible anime lover, I'll be honest, uh, like I said, I'm more of a dubbed, I, I kind of lean between like more of a diehard casual versus a diehard elitist, if that makes sense. So, I don't know what a harem is, and harems... I would probably call this a reverse harem, and a harem, if you're not unaware, is generally when a uh, guy goes to high school, or it's a show where it's mainly a guy that has, like, one to, like, 20 girls that end up trying to fight over him. It could be in a high school setting, it could, it could be an adult setting, it could be in a monster setting, those types of shows, it's all based off of that, just one one guy and a bunch of girls. Uh, that's literally, feel, I feel like that's, like, half the anime that's out there, like, more comedy anime why I like about this show it's I would deem it as a reverse hero which is a different twist where the girl is the is the main character that has like five or six different types of guys going after her 
Sounds corny, but I'll give you a little bit. I'll sprinkle. I'll sprinkle some synopsis in your face. A hurry, Fujioka. Oh man, yeah, Fujioka. A hurry. I'll stick with that. A hurry is a is a bright scholarship candidate with no rank or title to speak of. A rare spe- species at Oron High School, an elite academy for students of high pedigree. When she opens the door to the music room number three, hoping to find a quiet place to study, Mahuri unexpectedly stumbles upon the host club. Led by the princely Tamaki, the club, whose other members include the Shadow King, the mischievous Hitachin twins, and the childlike Hanio Zuka, and his strong protector, Mori, is where handsome boys with too much time on their hands entertain the girls in the academy. Yeah, so they're a bunch of, like, ballers, like, you know, they're a bunch of, like, F-boys <laughs> trying to uh, hit on girls and try to swoon them. Anyway, in, an, in a frantic attempt to remove herself from the host, her hurry ends up breaking a base worth of 8 million yen and is forced into becoming the ex- <laughs> is forced into becoming the eccentric group's general heir and boy to repay her enormous debt. However, thanks to her convincingly masculine appearance, her natural genial genial disposition towards girls and fascinating commoner status, she is soon promoted to a full-time male host and plunged headlong into a glitzy whirlwind of elaborate cosplay, rich food, and exciting shenanigans that only the immensely wealthy Oran Host Club can pull off. This show is not going to be for everyone, I will admit. This is a show where if you really like anime, and if you're a seasoned anime that's more open to like different types and genres, you will probably enjoy this a lot. Because uh, you will be able to, to dive into this particular world, this anime world, and you get fully immersed. The biggest knocks, knockdowns in most anime that I don't like uh, is that they fail to address the ability to roll you in with either with a, with a plot or with good characters or good dialogue or artistic. Like, there are so many things that you can do right. And if you just nail one of them so well, you already have a hook, and then it's your job to you know, spread your message and get that through. But you still need that hook, and that's what I feel like some animes don't have. And this anime, it has a very strong hook, but the hook is you really do need to, at least in my opinion, have at least a familiar, familiarity with the ty- with the anime types. Or you might have actually watched a harem at some point, and you can watch that. Uh, fine. So that's just my two cents on this show. I did watch it, like I said, seven years ago, and I watched it with my wife. Her and I really enjoyed it, and I think her and I actually do tend to have a soft spot for these uh, reverse harems, because, I mean, I can name a, a lot of harems, and I can't tell you the difference between them half the time, except for the Wallflower, which I don't think I have on this list. So, uh, yeah, spoiler alert, alert, that show is not. Moving on. Number 53. Agent. A-J-I-N, that's how it's spelled probably said it differently but the show agent came out on netflix in the winter of 2016 it is a netflix exclusive with a score of a 7.62 ranked for 1333 quite low considering i gave this a rank of 53 personally so i its popularity is 257 with it says 13 episodes seen but i believe there are two seasons uh, uh, for this, uh, there, the more recent season came out last uh, last year, I think, in 2018. And uh, the whole background with this story, for me, it was really cool and unique. So 
Uh, essentially, there are these mysterious immortal humans known as Aegean, which first appeared 17 years ago from when we started in Africa. Upon their discovery, they were labeled as a threat to mankind. As soon as they might use their powers for evil and were incapable of being destroyed, since then, whenever an agent is found within society, they are to be arrested and taken into custody immediately. So, studying hard to become a doctor, he is a high schooler who knows very little about agent, only to see him, only to see them appear in the news every now and then. Students are taught that these creatures are not to be considered human, but he doesn't pay attention in class. As a result, he appeared. His perilously little grasp on the subject proves to be completely irrelevant when he survives an accident that was supposed to claim his life. Signaling his rebirth as an agent at the start of, and at the start of his days of torment, however, as he finds himself alone on the run from an entire world, Kay soon realizes that there are more of his species that may be a lot closer than he thinks. So, this is a pretty cool anime where people just freak out because there are these immortal beings and the only way to become immortal is by chance. You don't know if you're an agent, you just happen to be born with it, and once you die, you either come back to life, or you're done. That's it. It's blouses for you. Uh, in this case, the, our protagonist, Kai, is happens to survive, or come back to life after being brutally uh, destroyed from a car accident, so uh, that that's pretty much where the story picks off, and what I really like about this show is outside of the concept itself, is that I found the animation style to be hit or miss, but I kind of was familiar with the art style, like the art style specifically. The animation was a little bit lackluster, but the, the style I enjoyed. Uh, and I think for most people that probably would be actually be a turnoff, but as someone who likes to look at things differently and who actually appreciates something that is completely different, um, even if it's for the sake of being different, uh, just shows that... You know, there are, there are different perspectives, and you don't have to stay within certain boundaries, and, and you can create your own vision and just do what you want. Anyway, the show itself does have a, I mentioned this, a score of 7.62. Again, I am kind of confused as to why it is a little bit lower. Um, but again, I'm pretty sure it was more with the art style, because the animation, there are two seasons. There, I believe there's a 12-episode first season and a 12-episode sec, second season, and... It's either 6 or 6, 12 and 12. But there was two seasons, and I believe the second season ended with the series. So I think I'm giving it an accurate assessment with as its completion. That's currently, I should say. I actually enjoyed the fighting sequences. There really weren't any action sequences per se, considering this is more of a show that's based off of you know, people who live a, like, with, with immortal lives. It's more of how the government and society treats them and you follow the story of these guys and how they respond and you know and there are certain ordeals now I will admit despite the act, uh, the animation being kind of shady at times like kind of stuttery the fight sequences are fairly solid uh, as they I, I think they spent more time emphasizing the animation of fight sequences than they had compared to regular scenes which if you're someone who's just watching the show to begin with those fighting sequences or scenes like those really uh, crisp animation scenes um, don't show frequently so you might feel like uh, it like the anime itself is not as crisp as it should be the overall characters and the concept itself I actually thought it was really cool uh, 
it's you know it's a certain certainly a cool angle to be you know how to sorry certainly cool to have a storyline in which it's focused on how society reacts to a particular uh, person or being and how you know, people generally treat you um, given new information and you can kind of understand how people really are and you get to learn like you get to see different mentalities how people change over time especially your hero or our protagonist I should say how he's more or less kind of a shy wimpy kid and how he just uh, ends up slowly growing and kind of just says, you know, he ends up getting more fed up with how his life ends up becoming um, just you know despite how all these shenanigans happen he you know grows over time and it's I don't know. I think it was. I think it's an overall pretty, pretty good show. And there are other characters, and there's a lot of other sub story plot points that you can actually be a part of if you wanted to die. And if you really wanted to, like, you know, if you're someone who likes multiple plot points and not just like one single character, there are a lot of different stories that are going on at once. For me, I always find those shows really interesting, pretty cool, and uh, I think anime list. This is more. This is. Uh, classified as a action horror mystery and supernatural and I would say that's about right there are a few things that uh, I could mention but I think that'll give away spoilers but I am feeling pretty confident that if, that if you can get past the animation you will probably enjoy this anime nah, I'm not going to say you're going to love love it but I think it's something that you might end up binge watching without realizing. Let's just say that. Number 54. Dragon Ball Super. Now, I really didn't know where to place Dragon Ball Super initially because it's a show that I think is currently done in, in sub form and it's currently going on in dub form. It has about, if I recall, 150 episodes, and I know I'm terrible. I'm trying to do this on the fly. Uh, but it's got a score of a 7.68, which ranks it for 1170. You know, that's, I guess, I guess for most people, 7.68, it means it, it's passable. Okay. 131 episodes. Now, I think I'm around episode like 106 or along those lines. Uh, now, I am, I think I'm giving this. Uh, I can't tell if this is like I'm giving it if I'm treating it too lightly or too harsh, and I think it's probably perfect the way I have it because the perception of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z is really good. I mean, I really love those. Uh, GT, I don't want to dive too much into that. It has been known as the steaming pile of course duty, and Super for a lot of people, at least when it initially came out, was seen as a breath of fresh air, as a quote unquote what Dragon Ball. GT should have been, to an extent. Of course, as the series went on, people did notice some certain flaws uh, on the show, but it's also a show that you already know what it is. It's a known commodity, to where if you've liked the previous shows, they really just need to follow a similar formula and maybe change a few things to show that you know the times have changed and you know it's, it can't be the same exact show forever. And I think they, I think they ended up taking the right approach by just going bigger and crazier. Because let's be honest, that's, the fr that's what the franchise has been doing for the last 30 years and or 40 years. And you would think people would say, "Hey, you should stop," but it is a formula that makes them a lot of money. And in the real world, in my opinion, that's what matters. You want to get a big fan base, yes. If you want to evolve with the times, you're going to have to accept the fact that your current fan base, most of them, will probably still like you, and some of them might not. You know, some people, 
either evolve or they can just want to stick to the olds, and there's nothing wrong with either to this extent in, uh, in anime. So, you know, you do your flow, you do you, do, you, do you in the anime world, you watch what you want to watch, and this is my, my duty uh, in this podcast to validate these rankings and to offer at least some personal insights on why I like these shows. Dragon Ball Super, I, I don't know, for me it started out as insane where it just seemed like, oh, everyone's gonna die, but you already know it's a show that lasts a lot longer, so no one really dies, and if you die, you get wished back to life, okay? I don't think I'm spoiling that. Uh, that's the whole point of Dragon Ball, is literally just wishing people back to life, more or less. And I would say this is certainly, uh, I, I would agree, a middle-of-the-road anime that I'm enjoying, and I'm dang, like I said, I, the characters, I'm not going to dive too much into that, because I still love all the characters. Goku still has done himself. Vegeta is, or actually, I, I'm actually learning to love Vegeta a lot more in this series, even though they don't treat him that well. Uh, there are some knocks on the anime, and there's this big, essentially, tournament, Battle Royale tournament, which for me, I thought it was cool. They, they changed it up as opposed to standard fighting. They added a whole strategy element to it, despite how it, it, the whole tournament has been executed. I am still fairly able to enjoy the anime, and it's it's earned enough, like, feel-goods. It's, it's earned enough reputation in the bank for me to take face value of what I'm watching. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to ignore everything uh, completely, but I'm just seeing it, looking at things for, like, what they're worth, without overthinking, I should say. So, uh, maybe I shouldn't have said things wrong. that wrong. Anyway. If you are in the Dragon Ball series and you're on the ropes about Dragon Ball Super, I'd say watch it. Uh, on the overall scale, it's good. It's not on the same level as its predecessors. It's certainly better than one of the pre- predecessors. Uh, you know, it goes great. No, it goes from like phenomenal, the first one great, super. I mean, super great for Z, and then just steaming pile crap, just just freaking burnt pieces of like molded eggs and rubber and let it sit out for like a month that's what it feels like in GT and Super is just a a kind of just a continuation from Z and it's pretty nifty so um, but I can't overhype this one it's pretty solid and I would think you'd like it I, I don't understand why it's ranked 1170. I'm pretty sure a lot of that's for the diehards that are a little bit annoyed. Uh, but I could be wrong. But I love assuming things because I'm not assuming it's honest one. And at this point, you probably should learn to not take me as seriously. And if you are someone that is listening, it's five and a half hours in, or where am I at? Yeah, five hours and 36 minutes in. Let me know how this has been progressing, because I do use these podcasts as a way for me to improve my vocabulary, improve my articulation, and to actually better prepare uh, my overall quality of future material that I want to release to the world, whether it's stand-up comedy, YouTube videos, or even future podcasts. I started this podcast as a way to help people fall asleep, and this is the first real longer effort to where I'm actively trying to focus on improving my style to where I can have a, you know, I don't know, I, I, I know I'm long-winded, for example, and I'm working on consolidating that, and I think this is really good therapy for me on top of it. And you know me by now, and I say this a lot, then you can tell I definitely get a little bit more personal on these podcasts, and 
Uh, I don't intend to change that uh, moving forward because, in my opinion, it's not so much the content, it's also the person behind it. Uh, and I, I, I do create these to generally help people. And I don't make many of these. Uh, this is my spare time, but you know, it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And, and I feel like I'm starting to get into my own feelings, start, you know, starting to get feeling like now fluttering. But I am starting to feel like I am coming into my own with this podcast. Uh, and I hopefully I can continue to improve and make the quality better. And this is not just for Apple or you know all those things, but it's any medium. If, it's on, if I see myself on YouTube, I want it to be the best. I want it to be better than all the other competitors. I have, I don't know, I have, just have a lot of visions, and, and I want to find ways to help you guys fall asleep. Whether it's my voice, or if I play a different background noise, or a certain style of music, or maybe add nature. I want my voice to help you just calm your thoughts, and just let your, let, let the thoughts run wild. You know, let, let my thoughts run wild so you don't have to, and just focus on like, background noise and get some Z's. Uh, I've already received a few comments that say they help. And I'm, I'm very glad, and I just want to improve my craft. That said, sorry for the off-tangent. Or was it on-tangent? Anyway, first tangent. So. Number 55, Angel Beats. Now, when I pulled this up on my anime list, I was very perplexed. I thought, I, this is part of like the initial like 5 to 10 anime that I watched uh, when I came back into the anime scene and they were all on Netflix, I just cranked out binge watching lots of that Netflix anime. Angel Beats showed up and I watched that back in, it says spring of 2010 when it came out, and they want to believe I said I watched it in 2012. So it was a very fresh anime. With 13 episodes seen, it is, it, its rewatchability is quite high. And its score is 8.27, which has ranked it number 277. Yeah, it's pretty solid. I mean, my, my list, Angel Beats, is number 55. Okay, considering I haven't watched all the anime, I feel like that's on par. Now, what really strikes me, and I feel like I'm, this is, uh, yeah, this is one of the, this is one of those things that I'm probably going to see more. Its popularity is number 10. So the 10th most popular anime on my anime list that I believe was only on a show that's on Netflix. It could be on other shows. I'm only working with the information that I had seven years ago, so I could be wrong. But for those of you who are unsure of what Angel Beats is, it is just a pretty cool one-off show, 13 episodes. Uh, and I'm just reading this synopsis because I don't think I can uh, do it justice by summing it up myself. Atanashi awakens only to learn that he is dead. A rifle-totting girl named Yuri explains that they are in the afterlife. And Atanashi realizes that the only thing he can remember about himself is his name. Yuri tells him that she leads the Shida Saiki Sensen. Sensen. Quote-unquote, afterlife battlefront. And wages war against a girl named Tenshi. Unable to believe Yuri's claims that Tenshi is evil, Atanashi attempts to speak with her, but the encounter doesn't go as he intended. Adonashi decides to join the Triple S and battle Tenshi, but finds himself oddly drawn to her. While trying to regain his memories and understanding Tenshi, he gradually unravels the mystery of the afterlife. And that's a terrible synopsis in my opinion. It doesn't really tell much. So I guess I'll say this. Guy wakes up, finds out he's dead, sees a bunch of people in a high school also dead. They all know they're dead. They're all trying to battle this Tenshi girl for whatever force of war. It's afterlife war. 
And each episode, someone, in order for them to like move on to like the real afterlife, like uh, you know, out of this void, quote unquote, this afterlife, they usually do like one or two things that like I think it's like something with their dreams come true. Like they do something that they always wanted to do. And it's just a nice. I, I can't say if it's, it's a slice of life anime when they're all dead, but um, but it's a mix of like drama, action, comedy, and it's the supernatural type. So I would at least probably consider this to be a solid show. The I think that what's drawn, especially with the show, if you haven't seen it, um, it's the artistic style, the fresh feel, the characters and and art style is so, I think back then, um, I think it was like incredibly fresh, like legit, like some of the stuff I saw in Assassination Classroom, the animation, like that stuff was used like in 2015 or 16. And this, and you're seeing the same quality stuff um, back in 2010. And the, I don't know, for me personally, the show, when I watched it, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I didn't know like anime could actually be pretty cool in that sense when I was rewatching it. Uh, again, back then I was just more hanging out in the shonen scene. And it, it started started getting me to think more about like anime as a whole genre and something to uh, you know take a little bit more seriously in the sense of there are more than you know X type of shows in anime. There are different styles, different storylines, just different plots and I don't know, just things out there. Like, like there's just so much creativity out there that uh, it's more or less finding the right ones that either like uh, mesh with you or just mesh with I don't know, maybe other people that you're drawn to. In case you're curious, Angel Beats is an original anime that was created by screenplay writer Jun Maria and directed by Seiji Kishi. The manga adaptation was later released. That is interesting, considering most anime. At least I could be wrong, but most anime is derived from the manga version. Uh, considering an, an anime that came out of nowhere, uh, with no, you know, back history, is very impressive. The storytelling, the character development, and the overall interactions between each between each character certainly brings you back into like the high school feel mentality type, uh, I guess, feelings, I should say. But it's on Netflix still, I believe, and this probably is going to go back on a rewatch list now that I think about it because the more I talk about the show looking looking at the visuals it was a really good show and I don't think I'm actually going to giving it giving it justice remembering it the way it was despite the fact that it was a pretty cool show uh, and yeah I I think I should have uh, rewatched this one number 56 high school of the dead again this is what Again, this is like the 5 to 10 anime list that I just watched in 2011. What I loved about this show at the moment when I watched it is that this was a very fresh and apparently hyped anime that came out in twenty in summer of 2010. And when I watched it, I think it was on Netflix, it was only about a year old. It came out a year. What was insane about this show, and insane about most apocalyptic shows, which I think we all enjoy, is that you're just immediately thrown into the fire. There are only 12 episodes, and if I had to guess, this was probably one of the most like hyped anime that never got a sequel, which everyone really liked, despite the score, current scores being 7.31, with a, you know, with a rank of 2477. Okay? 
it's not known to be a great anime per se. But it, in my opinion, the reason why it's so popular, again, Madhouse produced it, which already tells you the animation itself is obscenely well and the art style is going to be phenomenal. So everybody has that going for it. But the whole idea of the story, I'm just going to say the synopsis because it's just nuts. It happened subtly. The dead began to rise and Japan was thrown into t- total chaos. As these monsters began terrorizing a high school, Takashi Kuro is forced to kill his best friend when he gets bitten and joins the ranks of the walking dead, vowing to protect Rei. Uh, Miyamoto, the girlfriend of the man he just executed, they narrowly escape their death trap at the school, only to be greeted with a society that has already fallen. Soon, Takashi and Rei band together with other students on a journey to find their family members and uncover what caused this overwhelming pandemic. Joining them is Psycho, a beautiful president of the Kendo Club, Kuta, and an Itaku with a fetish for firearms, Saya, the daughter of an, of an influential politician, and Shizuka, their hot school nurse. <laughs> but will the combined strength of these individuals be enough to conquer this dead apocalypse? So, I probably didn't need to see the second half of that synopsis, but long story short, the dead rise, Tohio goes nuts, and you follow four high school students in the most insane, like, <laughs> imaginative situations where they're just fighting zombies for, like, 12 straight episodes. Uh, there is an infamous scene which you, which a lot of people in the anime world know uh, what I'm talking about, where the bullet curves, or things curve. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of bullet physics that go on in the show. And I can't explain it without giving that away, but if you love ridiculous shows and you're not, you know, you don't feel weird about, like, seeing girls being stupid and guys killing things nonstop on a TV screen, uh, this is a awesome show when you're just sitting down, you don't think about it, and you just dive into the world and you, you, you run with it. And as you can tell, uh, it's usually loved or hated, but the people that love it, love it. It is super hype. And even though it's been released in 2010, it's still number 40 in popularity. Which, hopefully, I would love to see a season 2, but we're 9 years into it, and I don't see it happening anytime soon. But, I'm, I'm holding out. Number 57. Sandere Children. Now, that probably sounded weird, but it's my first time actually pronouncing it. It's T-S-U-R-E-D-U-R-E, and it's a pretty popular term that I hear among more of the um, heavier anime fans and for me that's more of like a level 5 I can pronounce it but uh, personally I kind of wish they just uh, made it easier for people to transition and gave it different names like more of Americanized names um, with the intention to change it later on I think that's what they did with anime too Uh, it used to be called like Japanization and then they tweaked it a few times and ultimately became anime uh, it just seems kind of foreign to me. I have a choice of words as I'm talking, but um, foreign to me that that you know, you know if you're trying to market into a different you know you're trying to market an industry in a different locale or you know a different place in the world, you want to adapt to them um, at least to get interest in a show or in an industry uh, or in this in this case a particular genre. I don't know, saying Sunday is weird, um, which, like I said, it happens to be a genre. But anyway, I digress. The show, Sunday Children. Uh, 
I thought this was a pretty hilarious one-off show. Uh, popped up on Netflix about a couple years ago, summer of 2007. It's about 12 episodes long, and I believe most of these episodes are pretty short. I think they're between like 8 and 12 minutes. Yeah, essentially, the show is about Young Love, and it, from what I recall, I'm not going to try to pull the synopsis here, but the story is more or less about, uh, I think, four different couples, I think four to six different couples and how they react towards each other, and some of these couples are, uh, I mean, most of these couples are going to be like teenagers, they're all teenage high schoolers, so, so some of these kids start out as friends, some of these kids start out as enemies, and then kind of throughout the series, you can see how their either relationships develop, or if they are in established relationships, how they change over time, which is a pretty cool thing, because uh, it's really a bit of like a slice of life anime of what couples actually do, depending on those phases, and uh, it's, like I said, it's pretty neat, because these, at least for me, you can kind of take yourself back to the high school days, and you're kind of just remembering, hey, I was just as awkward as this, and I didn't know any better, and these kids don't know either, but they're they're learning and they're trying so uh, more or less you know this show uh, sons and age sons and age children depicts the various scenarios of young love coming to fruition along with the struggle and joys that it entails with a score of 7.8 wait 7.84 leaves it ranked number 841 uh, popularity is 285 which for a one-off show that didn't seem to be getting a lot of traction, at least to me, I didn't hear a lot of people talk about it. I might have seen it posted on a couple of social media platforms. Uh, it didn't seem like it was... I thought it would actually be a lot lower in the popularity. So having it in popularity number 285, uh, pleasantly surprised. Again, even though it was a 7.84 score, this is more of a comedy, like, slice-of-life romance uh, show. So there really isn't much to go over with the show. I can talk about, like, say, the plot. I mean, the plot's just varied. I already pretty much... The synopsis is the plot. It's based off of... It's even based off of a four... It's called a four-coma manga. I don't know what that is, but... Um, like I said, it already finished airing uh, back in 2017. And I'm quite curious to see if they would have future episodes because even though it was a one-off anime it did leave a pretty good impression on me uh, especially well outside of like the, the animation quality it was pretty it was pretty up updated uh, the art style is not really anything different from most other anime you would see uh, the dialogue and the characters are probably the biggest selling point of the anime and personal taste and rewatchability I could see myself watching this again probably a couple more times although I would strongly prefer that the show has a second season because it did tickle my funny bone and it's still categorized despite being at number 57 it's still a pretty good anime you know and I think if we're, we're still going to be a long ways away before we get to the anime that are actually meh at least in my opinion uh, or bad honestly there's probably if I were to tell you at least 15 yeah there's about 15 anime that's uh, that's kind of on the lower end of uh, the bottom 15 that I would define as eh and everything else is still going to be pretty pretty good or enjoyable to some extent 58 Tokyo Ghoul Tokyo Ghoul is a pretty interesting show now, there is a second season and I've heard mixed reviews on it uh, some of it good, some of it bad, but I'm only going to focus on the initial uh, first season, because that's what I've watched. 
There have been 12 episodes currently released in the first season, and with a score of a 7.96, it leaves it ranked 625. Kind of a lot lower than I anticipated, considering it's more of the... It's, for me, it was more of a middle-of-the-road type anime, at least where the ranking is, at number 58. Oddly enough, popularity is number 6, so there is a pretty big discrepancy between the popularity here and the rank. Generally, most hype animes... Extra, extra, extraordinarily hyped animes extraordinarily there it is, hyped animes get favorable reviews at least like an 8 plus, but this is slightly under 8 which means it seems to be a very big hit or miss show for me personally I loved the I actually just loved the concept of it follows the protagonist who is pretty much just a regular human that kind of sucks, to be honest and I believe he was killed? Yeah, something like that. Again, my synopsis is terrible. I'm just trying to recall on the spot. I really should just pull up the review, but I don't want to spend like 10 minutes on each review. So instead, I'm just going to pull up the synopsis. I thought you thought I was going to, going to try to speak from my head. Not right now. Based on the best-selling supernatural horror manga by Shui Nak. Tokyo Ghoul follows Ken Kaneki, a shy, bookish college student, who is instantly drawn to Rize, an avid reader like himself. However, Rize is not who she seems, and this unfortunate meeting pushes Kaneki into the dark depths of the ghouls in human world. In a twist of fate, Kaneki is saved by the enigmous waitress Tokia Kirishima, and thus begins this new, secret life as a half-ghoul, half-human, must find a way to integrate into both societies. So, more or less, there's humans and ghouls. Ghouls eat on humans, and I believe Ken was supposed to be eaten by a ghoul, but something weird happened, and he lived, and now he's kind of both. I don't know. I did a terrible, terrible job with the synopsis, but I pretty, I don't know, the overall storytelling and the growth of Ken, really, those are like the two big points for me, and kind of how he's able to I was just following his story more specifically I was just really drawn to and following his evolution from a real shy boy to finding who he is to an extent uh, it's you know it's it's not going to be a happy anime I'll just say that but his journey is what more, more or less compelled me to keep watching the anime first season is 12 episodes uh, should be on Funimation currently it was released in 2014 so it is fairly new with pretty solid animations uh, and the uh, animations and art quality. Uh, the art style is... Uh, I feel it has a more realistic feel, I would say. It's still... There's still a anime... I mean, they still look like anime characters, obviously, but uh, it has a darker tone. And it is categorized under action, mystery, horror, psychological, supernatural, drama, and signing. Signing? Yeah. So, it is a mixed bag of, of uh, elements. Number 58. Scratch that. Number 59. The Devil is a Part-Timer. I am pretty sure this popped up on my Netflix, which I think is on Funimation right now, too. And if you do the Netflix version, you can probably get... I recommend getting the subbed cat closed captioning because the Funimation's closed captioning is horrid. Sorry, Funimation. If you're listening, someone from Funimation could be. Non-zero percent chance. 
but it is a lot better. It's a, it is a lot better to watch the show on Netflix than Funimation if it's available. Going into the synopsis. Striking fear into the hearts of mortals, the demon lord Satan begins to conquer the land of Ente Isla uh, with his vast demon armies. However, while embarking on this brutal quest to take over the continent, his efforts are foiled by the hero Amelia, forcing Satan to make a swift retreat through a, through a dimensional portal, portal only to land in the human world. Alone with his loyal general Alsail, I don't know if I said that right, the demon, the demon finds himself stranded in modern-day Tokyo and vows to return and complete his subjugation of Ateayo, I can't say it, that is, if they can find a way back. Powerless in a world without magic, Satan assumes the guise of a human name, Sadao Mao, 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 and begins working at McRonald's. Yes, it's called McRonald's. A local fast food restaurant in order to make ends meet. He soon realizes that the goal of conquering Ente Aya is not enough as he grows determined to climb the corporate ladder and become the ruler of the earth, one satisfied customer at a time. Whether it's part-time work, household chores, or simply paying the rent on time, the Devil is a Part-Timer presents a hilarious view of the most mundane aspects of our everyday life, all through the eyes of a hapless demon lord. I'll just say this up front, this is just a very funny and interesting anime. The concept itself is that you have Satan has, in a different world, he has no abilities or powers, and now he's a human in this world. And he knows he can't destroy this world, like the human world, so he just thinks, well... I have this job, maybe if I just work hard and work my way up, I'll get enough money and power to rule the world. So that you know that I mean the show itself just follows him. Like thirteen episodes and and how he actually starts to be you know, to develop feelings and to become quote unquote more human in a sense. Or to at the very least he starts to understand, hey, like some of the things he's doing could be wrong or as he's you know, building more friendships he's realizing, oh, like people do matter just to an extent um but it overall it is a very funny show it comes in with a score of a 7.94 ranked 651 with a popularity of 53 the and there are only 13 episodes but it, except it is a very popular anime more popular than i thought it was going to be i am except the score's near eight so i'm not too sure why it's i can't say that low it's pretty good I don't have too much to say outside of this show. It's just a fun show. Uh, the animation's really good. No, actually, I can't tell if it's really good, but like the overall quality of the show, the animation art style is pretty on par with what you would from what you would see, especially from a show that was released in the spring of 2013. I can't think of anything else too memorable that I want to mention. I just recall that it was a very enjoyable show and probably worth rewatching if they put out a second season. So you could probably start seeing, like, oh, most of these shows I really did like, but there's still not enough for me to say, like, this is super amazing and I have to watch it forever. Nothing like that yet. At least for these types of shows. Like, they just need more seasons. Moving we got? Number 60. Dead Man Wonderland. Now, I don't know why I sung that, but there is a... But they have a very, very awesome uh, opening song. And that actually gave me a lot of points into liking the anime initially. Now, if I recall, this might have been either on Funimation or Netflix, and it still could be. And it was. this is one of the most one-off animes that I will 
openly admit that you will either love it or you will loathe it. There is no in-between. Essentially, I'm reading the synopsis here because I think this is going to do a better job of actually telling you what the show's about than I can explain it. It looked like it would be a normal day for Ganta and his classmates. They were prepared to go on a class field trip to a certain prison amusement park called Dead Man Wonderland, where convicts perform dangerous acts for the onlookers amusement. However, Ganta's life is quickly turned upside down when his whole class gets, mass- gets massacred by a mysterious man in red. Praying for the incident and sentenced to death, Ganta is sent to the very jail he was supposed to visit. But Ganta's nightmare is only just beginning. The young protagonist is thrown into a world of statistic, statistic inmates and, and enigmatic powers. To live in constant fear of the lethal collar placed around his neck that is slowed only by winning the prison's deathly games, Ganta must bet his life to survive a ruthless place where it always isn't easy to tell a friend from foe, all while trying to find the mysterious quote-unquote red man to clear his name in Dead Man Wonderland. This is a one-off anime with 12 episodes, and I'm probably going to say one-off a lot, but 12 episodes with a score of 7.36 ranks it 22.57 as a score. Again, this is a very love it or hate it anime, and it was released in 2011 with a popularity of 58. So again, this is a fairly hype anime that was just with like a flash in the pan. There has been like one or two ovas, from what I recall. Now, when I watched this anime initially, I would say the overall premise and uniqueness just—I would say it was just blew my mind. It just kept me hooked. The first episode is. I mean, you just dive right into the anime. There is no, there is no dead time in the show. Like it's just crazy from the start to end. Not everyone is going to like the goriness. Not everyone's going to like the dark grittiness. But someone like me, who is, who likes the shades of darkness to you know, see different perspectives, and I don't know, it's just my cup of joe. I would say, just to watch that, watch those types of shows. It for me, it was very enjoyable. Some of the reasons why I probably wouldn't have ranked ranked it as high as the other anime that I've had discussed previously, I would say since it's only 12 episodes it was a nice action anime and it was a really cool concept, but there really wasn't too much going on in the anime that hooked me in a way that would say, oh, these characters are relatable or this show has impacted me enough, or these all these characters have unique abilities or traits and they're, they're pretty memorable, but as a whole, the story is, just seems like there really wasn't much progression in the story that I've seen. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of cool stuff that's going on, and the rewatchability, I would certainly rewatch this, I would rewatch this again, but not anytime soon. It's a nice, fun, I want to say fun, it's a nice, thrilling show that is defined as horror, sci-fi, and action, and just gory. I would say it's gory. It's I'll tell you, it's a spoiler, but essentially, more or less, how they attack in these domes, it's based off of, like, if you're strong, based off of your blood. Like, if you have certain strong blood, you can use blood abilities. So, I mean, it's it's gonna be bloody. However, again, not everyone will like this, but I would, if this synopsis does intrigue you, or at least the concept, I think you would thoroughly enjoy this anime. 